Business Unusual brought to you by Workforce Staffing. Imagine if your business could free up its core resources today. Focus on essentials and let Workforce Staffing spearhead your flexible staffing requirements. Uh, Colin Cullis, Business Unusual this evening. The phenomenon that is Elon Musk. Explain your fascination, please. Well, the world's fascination, actually. Yeah, and it's been going on for a good many years. And I think you will appreciate the fact that we're discussing it tonight of all nights because it is the 20th of April, or as people who like having a bit of pot every now and then will notice, Stoner's Day, 420 is what it's known as. Uh, Elon Musk uh, has used that number often in his sort of uh, memification and trolling of people with various things he says on Twitter. I think he can be said to have been the person with the largest fine for having said something on Twitter. This was uh, back when he said he'd secure funding for Tesla at $420. Uh, and then the SEC said, no, you're not allowed to make uh, comments like that. Uh, even though he still maintains it was true. It was just that uh, Tesla was in such a tough position and the banks would have uh, you know, stopped lending him money if he didn't agree to pay the fine. But that's the case he uses the 420. And quite uh, at the moment, he has uh, got a bid in to buy uh, Twitter shares at $54.20. So another reference to his uh, $4.20 in there, uh, with some uh, especially conspiratorial people noting that if, because the other number he loves using is 69, uh, his uh, most recent use of it was to say that 69.420% uh, of all facts are made up. Um, anyway, the, the most conspiratorial amongst us will say, if you count the number of days from the 20th of April to his birthday on the 28th of June, you get 69 yeah. between them. So <laughs> Elon Musk is made for Twitter and social conspiracies and all sorts of things. It doesn't take away from the absolute incredible achievements he has managed to do. Um, and on that basis, I thought a good idea just to uh, remind us of all the stuff he's currently got his hands on. And then why on earth he would then say, you know what? I've got next time. I'm going to go and take over this thing called Twitter uh, and, and try and run the world's town square, which is completely crazy. Um, so let's kick off with the, with the biggest things, where his real money and stuff comes from, which was that uh, a nice payout he got uh, from selling uh, his company to PayPal and um, using that to, to found uh, the Tesla Motor Corporation uh, with the idea of saying, uh, we, we're too reliant on fossil fuels, we need to shift our transport to using electric uh, and double down for many years to try and get that work very close to not having it work, uh, as, as I mentioned there with that the SEC sort of running, etc. Uh, but finally having hit his targets. Uh, last year, uh, the, the, the target was half a million cars per quarter. He managed to do that uh, in the quarter that was predicted for tail into 2019. Uh, uh, 2020 was another good year. Last year, they did over a million units. Uh, they were on track for 300,000 uh, quarter one. And his quarter two announcements will come out well, they might be coming out now because uh, the Tesla uh, quarterly update is is happening this evening, no doubt, because he wanted it to be on the 20th <laughs> of April. Um, so, so he's got all that going. At the same time, the costs of the cars are steadily increasing, as well as uh, have the orders. People definitely want to buy the Teslas. And it came out first with that very fancy, you know, the, 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 the Roadster, which was a high-end supercar, which only somebody who really loved speed, probably more than the planet would want. Uh, and then tried to make it uh, a little more meaningful with the, uh, the, 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 the X, which was the sort of SUV kind of one, people who wanted safety, et cetera. The Y, a little more compact SUV, and the model for the one who was really looking to build. This was supposed to be the every man car, everyone would be able to afford it. But those prices have been creeping up all along. This is not to say that it's not a really incredible car. And under any metric you want to take, it is a very 
valuable and worthwhile car for for what it can do. But it's not your sort of everyday, this is going to transform um, uh, motoring. It makes up about 20% of all of the new car sales, I think, uh, about 80% of the EVs. Sorry, it makes up 20% of new EVs sold. Let me not get that wrong. It's not all cars. It is still quite small in that respect. But of the EV manufacturers, just EV manufacturers, Mm. it's about 80% of the production. But here's the bit where the... Can you remember uh, Steve Jobs? There was a there was a, a person at Apple who used to describe Steve Jobs stating what must happen in usually a very short period of time, which was a kind of technology that, strictly speaking, didn't exist yet. And they used to refer to it as his reality distortion field. And we kind of thought, well, that was Steve Jobs, one of a kind, you know, amazing but impractical. Elon Musk seems to have the exact same thing. Uh, and the question is, now that we've sort of seen this before. Um, and, and certainly the force of will, his enthusiasm, his dedication has allowed him to actually achieve and get some of these things done. But more often than not, they're, they're kind of, those deadlines aren't being met. And, and the difference, I suppose, when you're having a conversation theoretically or academically about taking something that is, uh, you know, uh, an advanced science in a lab and saying one day we will like to scale this up and then do amazing things with it, that would be fine. But when you, the head of, currently one of the most expensive, uh, most valuable companies in the world, you can't use those terms in quite the same loose way and then not have people think, oh, so you can do this thing. And one of those, for example, is this fully autonomous driving. Uh, fully self-driving is the, is the name of the, of the, the particular package. A, a thing you buy from Tesla for an additional $12,000. Now, the base Model 3 comes in at about $46,000, uh, a little bit more than the $25,000, $30,000 he was a- aiming for. But when you add another $12,000, for supposedly a full self-driving package that is not a full self-driving package, then you begin to see where the sort of the promises and the hopes uh, don't quite meet with, with the reality of what's there. And not only did he say, no, no, no problem. Let's, let's call it full self-driving. It's not full, driver, full self-driving, but, but we're working on it. We should solve it uh, this year, according to him. Uh, we're also building Optimus. And here he's gone and taken the ability to try for a robot to try and understand what's happening in the world, as in a car, and understanding just road rules with other cars. And so let's turn that into a robot, make the thing fully functional about human size. It can work in a factory, it can work with humans, it can understand what you're asking for. Um, and once we've got you know a couple of sensors and actuators sorted out, we'll be able to build this thing. It'll be more amazing than a Tesla. He's right that it would be more amazing than the Tesla. But this is not the first time somebody's tried to build a human robot and failed dismally. In fact, they have yet to build one like that. The the current best thinking is if you want a cheap, highly functional robot, you get a human because they come in at a far uh, less cost <laughs> and capable of doing far more than even the best robots so far. So this, again, is one of those weird sort of things. And that's just the thing is what, sitting inside. What Elon Musk sells is the art of the possible. He sells a vision of the future that very few others dare to imagine or dare to humiliate themselves in being possibly wrong. He doesn't care if he's wrong. What I think he cares about is that he's trying. He's trying to change the future, trying to have a a positive influence on the future. And a lot of what he does may or may not work out, but certainly he is changing the trajectory of Energy consumption is changing the trajectory of many, many industries. And that in itself, I think, is remarkable, Colin. It is remarkable if it was actually making those things. So in the in the realm of space, there is absolutely change happening where the sort of governments of the world would slowly 
work and plod towards making incremental improvements when, you know, the, their ruling government of the day would afford to give them some money. He's completely smashed all those barriers. He said, we're going to Mars to do that. We have to be aggressive. We have to work hard. We have to iterate. The number of starships, this is the really, really big ships that he's building. The number that he's built, sometimes just to pressurize them, pull them apart, build the next one. They haven't even tested one and he's building the next version ready is something to absolutely applaud that while he's, you know, running SpaceX, making that into an actual functional company. They've reached over a hundred successful returns of those boosters now, delivering people, delivering supplies, sending thousands of, of satellites into space, many of them, most of them, his, is absolutely incredible. But it doesn't take away from the fact that for the other things that he's been predicting, it's like, Elon, you, you can't be making those sorts of predictions given that people are going to be investing on the back of that. He's, he's sort of like, hey, cryptocurrency, that sounds amazing. And sending Dogecoin and Shiba Inu and all these other cryptocurrencies rushing up only to come falling back down again. That doesn't fall into the same thing of saying, hey, one day we're going to need to get to Mars in case you know the civilization is wiped out. The idea that a Hyperloop, which isn't a new idea, it, it didn't succeed the first time because we never had the technology to build it. We still don't have the technology to build it. Yet he's talking about it as if oh, it's just a quick little thing and engineering and the science and physics is all been sorted out it's just a case of you know scaling it up but at the cost to scale it up it's just not practical anymore and the same with a boring company this is the idea we was going to build tunnels under cities to alleviate the traffic he hasn't built a whole lot of them and the one that is built under las vegas is basically got its own problem with congestion because the number of uh, teslas that are used to shuttle people to and from in it uh, it fills up and then it can only go well, as slowly as you can above <laughs> ground so in, in those respects it's it, it's not i mean I, I get it and you could think Tilt your lance at whichever windmill you want and, and the world that has an appetite and, and wants to spend money on those things, by all means, you know, you, you're welcome to it. But this is where the regulation then becomes a problem. And I suppose if we get to now what's up with Twitter, his thinking is I can fix these things. And if I set my mind to it, I will use I will use science. I will search for truth and then I will do it. And with Twitter, he believes because he's a very he's got a lot of followers. He's got 82 million, two million since he made the bid or bought those uh, additional 10 percent. Um, he, he sees that as the town square for, for the planet, uh, which it isn't. It's, you know, people who like Twitter on Twitter, people who aren't into social media or don't like Twitter, don't use it. And that's the vast majority of people. And then his notion says to say, well, how do you protect free speech? Just defining what free speech is and how you apply it in very many countries where he says it must be within the law. Well, your free speech in, so, in a country like Russia at the moment, there isn't free speech. Uh, so you continue to operate or you not operate. And then there's sort of bullying and hate speech and all these other sorts of grades of things that aren't unfair and and yet you know they haven't even been legally set set out to say well this is what you can and can't do and so these operators i have to say well in the interim what what shall we do it's not to say that his suggestions haven't been good but he can do that as a simple twitter user like everybody else he doesn't need to take the company over and he also if he wanted to he could simply start his own company and, and see how well that works um and i suppose the reason he's not doing that is because to get to scale, which is what he wants, it's far cheaper potentially to buy something that is existing and then you know uh, improve it. Let me use the best possible term, uh, than to try and start something from the beginning. And this is kind of the the crazy bit that it all comes you know that all, all comes together. And the thing is, he's he's heads of all of these companies. It's very unlikely he can maintain sufficient focus, certainly when people are saying. So, Ellen, what are we doing this? I need you to sign off on this thing. And to know that he's going to get his full attention for doing that, as opposed to the converse, when, you know, principally people will maybe be just reaching out to him when they're problems. And if he hears problems from a certain person or from a certain company too frequently, then he's going to say, look, you guys don't seem to know what you're doing. Okay, you're fired. And there are challenges like that that he's got. Uh, and people are saying this about him. And we've discussed it once before, this notion of the, the founder's problem. When when you found a company, you, you need that vim and verve and energy and vision. But at some point, it needs to become more managed. 
And if that's not your style, if you're not a manager, then step aside, let the managers take over and go start the next project. Uh, and at the time, I think it was about two or three years ago, we asked, is this the tipping point when there were shareholders who were asking, how can he be the head of this? And then he wanted to go off and do other things. Um, and, and we seem to be back there again, depending on what now happens with um, with Twitter and uh, their, their attempts at swallowing bitter pills or making it a bitter pill, uh, a, a too bitter pill for him to swallow. I mean, this notion of the bitter pill, somebody was asking me about that earlier on today, it just making the company what's so unattractive to him to buy that he backs off? Yes, and it's a crazy thing. You know, Elon Musk hates short sellers who effectively say, I'm going to uh, uh, make, a, make a bid on your company losing money in the future that effectively people won't want to buy it and so it loses money and so I make money. And he hates them, like with a passion. And in, 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 in a strange way, I don't think he's that fond of the media because he seems to think the media somehow colludes sometimes with these short sellers. Yet what he's looking to do here in terms of buying Twitter has, has forced uh, Twitter, the company, many other companies have this similar plan. It's a, a shareholder rights uh, plan that they put into the to the company things to prevent uh, hostile takeovers. So that when somebody acquires a lot of shares or a certain amount of shares or without board approval acquires these shares, that they will then make a, a special offer to the existing shareholders, uh, to the exception of the person who is who is bidding, to be able to buy more shares at a discounted price, sometimes half price, effectively diluting the number of shares, but uh, increasing the number of shares that the, the hostile takeover person would want to buy. In some respects, it's a terrible option. If you've got bad managers and somebody's coming in to run the company better, well, that's going to make it more difficult. But then you you trust the, the bulk of the shareholders to say, do I want a quick cash grab uh, to keep bad managers in? Or do I want to say no to the to the share plan? Let the person acquiring it buy it because the, the company is going to get better. It's hard to say. What I can tell you, though, Bruce, and this is probably the first time it has aired on 702 and Cape Talk in South Africa, is that despite all the other things Elon Musk has done, he's got one other feather in his, in his cap. He makes music. And I'm about to play you for the first time <laughs> an EDM track from his, his record called Emo G Records, with the title, Don't Doubt Your Vibe. The, the lyrics are supposed, well, he wrote the lyrics, but it's the, the vocals are supposedly him singing, although highly distorted for this EDM type thing. Let me finish with a little sound of that. I've left all of the other details and a lot more of the, and the money elements uh, online for you to take a listen. But here is Don't Doubt Your Vibe. <laughs> Colin Cullis with Business Unusual this evening. Music Unusual with Elon Musk. Um, yeah, well, he's a strange fish, is our Elon, but it's a remarkable success story so far for Elon Musk.